good pop. That was super good. It's a two bottle day here at Bubbles and Bucks. Welcome to Bubbles and Books, a podcast about two of the best things in life, books and champagne, brought to you by Amanda and Ellen, co-owners of your local independent bookstore, Dog-Eared Books in Ames, Iowa. First, give me a cheers. Okay. Okay, we're ready. And yeah. books are sexy. All right, we're drinking a wine named after Rachel. It's called Bougie. Bougie. <laughs> Bougie. For sure. No, Bougie Sardon. It's imported sparkling wine. Um, where's it coming from? It's France, but it's not the Champagne region, so you can't go. Did I tell you the, the joke my sister sent me? No. Oh my God, it was so funny. Can I look it up? I went and saw a Christmas comedian, and you know what? What? He slayed. Okay, here, here's my here's my joke for you. Okay. From my sister Lauren. She knows me well. Someone says, someone, Emily, Emily on Twitter, because you know I don't I don't know how to Twitter. Emily on Twitter says, he's only your fiance if he comes from the fiance region of France. <laughs> Otherwise, he's just your sparkling boyfriend, a bro sucko. <laughs> Killed me. Champagne jokes. Love it. I love this. Rachel loves her bougie champagne. Because she's bougie. It's like not too sweet. Okay, so. I'll try it. And it's 8% alcohol. Isn't that high for a wine? No. Mm. You would know. It's. Should range between you know what this tastes like? You guys, this tastes like communion wine with bubbles. <laughs> it does. It tastes totally like communion wine. Well, it's the season. Tis the season. The body of yeah. Christ. It tastes yeah. like cranberry juice. Yeah. Yeah, it tastes like the um, sparkling yes, wine did. or sparkling juice you, you get. My mom used to give me at Thanksgiving. All righty. <clears throat> okay. Hey, what, do, what, do, what do snowmen eat for lunch? Carrots? Icebergers. <laughs> <laughs> This is really cool. I just want to add about our champagne for today. On the back, there's this, like, little line illustration that's, like, two dudes in a boat talking to each other in, like, uh, Renaissance wear with <laughs> barrels of wine around each other. Like, they're... I don't know, that Some, might be the importer's Someday logo. you and I should dress up in Renaissance wear, get in a boat with a bunch of bottles of wine. <laughs> see you when we see you. Go to Aiden. Aiden. <laughs> Oh my god, that'd be so good. Let's record. Hey everyone. <laughs> Just recording the podcast. <laughs> On our boat in our Renaissance wear. All right. What are you reading right now? Uh, bitch, I'm reading The Light Pirate by oh, Lily Brooks Dalton. Um <clears throat> so this one actually comes out today. Oh my gosh, we're so excited. Yeah, it's it's awesome. So I'm in, and I know you've read it, so mm-hmm. you can speak more to it than I can, mm-hmm. but I'm in the first, it's kind of divided into four sections. Like it's the utility power, light, light water, water, electric. Yeah. So wait, I, wait, the, no power and electric is um, redundant, but it's the utilities. Yes. So the first, I'm in the first segment, which is power. And there is, we're in the midst of a massive hurricane. It's we're in Florida it's sometime in the future. I don't know when, but not far in the future. Yeah. But very much feeling the impacts of climate change and continued like 
you know, weather disasters. Right. And it, it very much paralleled the hurricane that just hit down in Florida. Yeah. Like, it, I had read it just before that hurricane. I was like, oh, my gosh, Lily Brooks. But the thing is, that's the weather pattern we're following. And um, it's told from the perspective of the, the wife of a lineman. And the lineman yes. just accepting the fact that, you know, we have these storms. I go out, I fix the lines. I go well, out, it's kind I fix of like, lines. Well, yeah, and, you know, Florida sees so many hurricanes that you kind of, I think, could become inured to them. Like, here, with how we are with tornadoes, it's like every now and then you get one that just, like, wreaks total havoc in communities. Can destroy but we town. get so many of them that... And most of them do very little damage, and so it's like you hear the tornado siren. You're not necessarily, or you're under a tornado watch. It doesn't really impact you. A lot of mm-hmm. alarm bells mm-hmm. because you get it all the time. But sh- the primary character has a bad feeling. She does, and she also like lost her mother in Hurricane Maria mm-hmm. in Puerto Rico, and so she's got this tr- real this trauma. huge trauma associated with hurricanes. She's also like gonna have a baby any second, and so she's. She know like she senses that this is going to be like, stuff's gonna go bad. Yeah, and so I where I'm at, the storm has just hit. Okay, and she's in her house, and she's got two little stepsons. And while she was taking a nap, they went out to play, and now the storm has hit. Her husband comes back; he's been working on the lines. The kids are gone, so now he's out in the storm looking for the kids. She's by herself. She's in labor, but she's in denial about being. Right. It's intense. So the advice I give most people when reading this is part one is power. And you got to get through the storm. But the the writing is beautiful. And I admire her ability to just like to write um, a person's internal emotional experience. Yeah. especially their intentions toward a relationship and the frustration of not being able to meet their own intentions. Yeah. Like, like father to son, <clears throat> wife to husband, husband to wife. Yes. That's exactly it. Because as the reader, we get, we get let in on their intentions, but then as events play out, how they fall short of those all the time. And how falling short sucks. And, and the, the grief that you carry around knowing that you're falling short and wishing and, you know, just wishing you could do differently. So I thought the writing was amazing. Lily Brooks Dalton wrote um, Good Morning Midnight, which was a very slim piece of fiction that eventually was made into a movie starring George Clooney. Damn. It's, I think, very post-apocalyptic and dark. So this is pessimistic in terms of climate change it shows you some of the realities but it has a beautiful hopefulness and a love of florida because it's set in florida and um mariah a bookseller uh, who's listening to it as well describes it as um everything that where the crawdads um <laughs> What is it? Where the crawdads are? Where the crawdads sing. Sing, sing, <laughs> sing. Um, everything that you um, get in terms of the beauty of the landscape, the coming of age, um, 
everything you you want from that. So this is this would be good for readers of that, but even elevated in the literary stage. Like the writing is just so stunning, and the meaning behind it all is gorgeous. So it's taking it that that step further. Yeah. So what are you reading? I'm so excited that um, I have in my hands a world of curiosities. Um, <laughs> the latest in the Louise Penny Inspector Gamache series. If you have not started it, you must. It is the most beautiful, amazing mystery series ever written. I love Louise Penny so much. She is someone who understands pain and grief, but also hope and love. And she puts those together in every single mystery she writes. Um, it could be described as the teeniest bit cozy because there is a village called Three Pines. The, the setting has like a beauty, a warmth to it, like a coast, small town, Canada, lots of snow. There's like a cafe and bookstore. But these but, are but real the, but they're not. Mysteries. But they're not like cozy mysteries in the any of the other sense of the. Yeah, so I have it. Um. Things have been a little bit crazy. We just had Small Business Saturday. We launched our subscription. Um, of course, shopping for the family, Thanksgiving, um, getting Christmas trees and lights up. In my dream world, I would have taken this book and I would have hid for a day in a cozy bed with the fireplace going. My fireplace is not near my bed, but it's a dream world. It's a dream world. It's a dream world. And... It would be snowing outside, and I would have a hot cu- cup of coffee. Would you be like in a mountain, like yeah? I just cabin or something, and there would be like no people. Yes, for twenty four hours, and I would be all the way through this, and I'd be able to tell you how great I thought I was. There might be some time this weekend that I get to just really settle in. The reason why I really want to get dug into this is. Three Pines, the TV production, like the series of the Inspector Gamache series, is coming is out today. It is. I, I mean, record on recording day. It's recording day, and unfortunately, it's through Amazon Prime. But you know, I know lots of people have it for many reasons, and I will partake. Um, but I can't wait. The actor who's in playing Inspector Gamache looks really promising. There have been previous attempts at turning this into film. So it's like, like you could watch it today. You can watch it today. I okay. don't know if like all episodes are available or if it's just one, whether it's like an all-in-one dump. My sister promises to watch the first episode with me at the same time because she and I have done the Inspector Gamache journey together. She listens to them on audiobook. She had a lot to say about a switch in narrator. I think the narrator died who did like the first, oh, I don't no. know, dozen or more. And she was not as happy with the second narrator. But um, she's listening. I'm sure she's mo- almost all the way done. And so she said. God damn it, Rachel. Way to ruin a podcast with your coffee from your poke bowl. Actually, it was from the champagne. That's what you get for getting bougie champagne. My sister said, I don't know. She said we have to watch it at the same time. The first episode, I'm like, girl, you got a cush like no children. And she lit like she works hard. Okay. She's a painter. But I mean, all she does is take care of her. Okay. You gotta you gotta fit into your schedule of caregiving. Yeah. 
I should watch Three Pines. Because we should I, all watch it tonight. Oh my god, we should. Except for we have snow magic downtown, and by the time I get home tonight, You'll be dead. I'm gonna oh. go to bed. <laughs> tonight is Tuesday. Oh yeah, I know. But we're is, talking about recording tonight. Day is too. quote Tuesday? Yeah, a recording it's day. Friday. It's actually Friday. It's a Friday before. Right. So that's what I'm reading, and the tone is already there, and there's some fun. I have no idea what's gonna happen. I don't. I didn't even read. The dust jacket, all I know is it's a great cover. It's Inspector Gamache. It is a cool cover. And I have read, like, I think three or four of the Inspector Gamache series. And I really enjoy them, too. And I don't feel like, I mean, I could probably go years between them and still and pick one up and not be like, oh, I have to reread the whole series. You know, because each one is a standalone, even though you have these, re- you know, repetitive characters. Um, but it's such a small cast of characters and it's in such a small place that I feel like it stays with you a little bit. Right, it does. Um, so that's what I'm reading. And I have lots more to look forward to. Um, yeah, but I know I get what you mean. We've been swamped. Holiday season for retail and momming is yeah. very it's very hard. busy, very stressful, which is why we haven't done a podcast in two weeks. Right. One of the things we wanted to talk about today was um well what defines this season for us at Duggard Books the reason it's fun is because there are so many people who are coming in to gift books yeah most of the year and this is really fun too people come in and they're shopping for themselves and so our conversations with them are a little bit different because we're trying to think you know we're talking to them as readers and trying to either find a bookseller that can connect with them or um thinking of their taste but when someone comes in they're giving a gift they're kind of like a little bit lost sometimes about what to gift somebody so we get to really sort of talk through with them um different options right and it's really it is really fun um it always takes a moment a pause of reflection for the buyer to and that's almost how I begin every conversation with someone shopping for or someone in their life is okay. Tell me about this person. That's what it starts with. Like what defines them? Um, what are their interests? Are they a reader? With kids, it's are they a strong reader? Do they like reading? Do they identify as a you know a reader? Um, what are their interests outside of reading? Because reading might not be one of their interests. What are what are their interests? Um, so it's that moment of pause and it's an opportunity to talk about the person they love that they're gifting for, um, and really think about who they are and what captures their interests. Yeah. So we wanted to talk today about how to think about gifting a book, what things should be on your mind when you want to buy a book for somebody, um, and you're not sure what book it should be. Yeah. So maybe we should start talking about kids and then move on to adults sure. because it's kind of a different conversation. Right. So when some all the time people come in and they're looking for books for kids and we're like, where's the hand? <laughs> um, I'm getting a little more comfortable in there, but I am nowhere near your level as far as being able to just pull left and right. Yeah. Um, I, I know <laughs> our picture books and our board books with, I always say it, it's like the... The elementary school principal who knows all of their children by name and you can't understand how they know it, but it's just what happens because you love, you love your school, my little school of books. I love them so much. And what's fun about picture books is, you know, we do hold on to quite a few titles 
there isn't as much new material that we're dealing with. I mean, there are plenty of new books every year, but we get to hold yeah, on. No, it's not to the some, same. It's not the same level. Yeah, things don't become, um, you know, passe or unfashionable as quickly in children's book world. Um, and I don't know, they're easier to read. Yeah. <laughs> Someone so, asked me, like, have you read? Have you read all these books? And I'm like, yeah, pretty much. You know, I have. I have pressed pause on this, but for a while, when I would come in, if I would work on a Sunday, and if it wasn't like super busy, it wasn't needed out front. I started reading the picture books, like just going in alphabetical order. Ellen's very disciplined and responsible. <clears throat> Only she would come up with that system. No, it's not about being responsible. It's like I want to know my shit. Yeah. And I know what my kids have right. liked to read. Mm-hmm. And you're a teacher for crying out loud. You well, know? older kids. But like, yeah. I feel like that's a section because people are often wanting to, most of the time when someone comes in and they're shopping for children's books, they are shopping to give. Yeah. And so I feel like it's I want to so build my fun. knowledge. Base. But tell us like, okay, so say I'm, I'm coming in and I want to shop for a kid. What questions would you ask for me or would you, would, what would you want me to consider? Oftentimes it's orienting them to the right age range. And I like to explain to people, you know, just because a kid is a baby, we're talking about a baby, doesn't mean you necessarily have to get a board book. I believe in investing heavily in picture books because they grow with a child. They're willing to sit down and read those books with you until they're six, seven, eight, nine, even older. Um, My... Eight-year-old will read any picture book aloud with me. Oh, and my six-year-old loves picture right. books. Yeah, we and read them all the time. Especially when they're willing, when they're able to read them themselves. How satisfying that is for them to be able to just read a whole stack. But those are those same books that you can plop a little twelve-month-old down on your lap, and if they're willing, if they can sit still long enough, you can read them a book. And I was really advocating for keeping an open mind about board books versus picture books just because a child is a baby doesn't mean that you need to only look at board books now and sometimes like a lot of times when I'm talking with a parent or a grandparent or someone like that like you said it's it's really about determining where are they at reading level wise because sometimes there's confusion about that right like so right. tell us a little bit about how you kind of gauge that. And as a teacher of older kids, I was always, I've, I've never paid much attention to reading, you know, like levels. Right. I'm kind of like, read what you love. Right. But what advice do you give? I will talk to them first about their age, because by age, you can determine where they are in school. And mm-hmm. I'm very familiar with the goals that are being set for children at those various ages um, in our regional school districts. So they're re- they're emerging readers in kindergarten, which will blow my freaking mind. Like the way my kids come out of kindergarten is where I was in third grade. Like what they can take on. Some of them, if you, if you really latch yeah. on. Um, <clears throat> but we talk a little bit about... Are you, is this an independent reader? Are they a strong reader? Do they identify as a reader? Like as someone who loves books, are they having success? Are they not having success? Are they struggling? Do we need to pick out a book that gives them confidence? Also reminding them that picture books are for children well into first, second, and third, you know, second grade. Definitely. A third grader would still, you know, we have third, fourth, and fifth grade teachers who love buying picture books to read aloud to their class. Mm -hmm. 
And there's great power in the read aloud, the moment of being, you know, with your child and reading a story aloud. So yeah, we have to, we have to decide, is this, are we deciding, are we looking for a book for the child to read for them to themselves or to be read to them? I, I always ask that question mm-hmm. too. Is this something that you want, that you intend for the child to read independently right now? Or is this something that they would be reading with you or mm-hmm. a parent or a babysitter, uh, right. whoever, you know? Right. And, and that, that uh, applies both to picture books, but also chapter books. Yes. I have had some amazing um, experiences reading aloud chapter books to my children, chapter books that they maybe could have taken on, on their own or weren't quite ready Same. for yet. Yeah. Um, and so sometimes I, my favorite defaults for read alouds for families are um, Applegate, Catherine Applegate the one and only Ivan and the rest of her books, Katie Camillo. Um, t- let's see, uh, the miraculous journey of Edward Tulane and because of Winn-Dixie. Yeah, those are and, great and, ones. and those are, those are the ones that got her started, but anything by her, um, and Roald Dahl. Roald Dahl is the world's greatest storyteller. Yeah. My, um, my husband and my daughter did, he read a lot of Roald Dahl's books to her when she was younger. Right. And I just, there has never been anyone who has told stories with the quirkiness. The it's it's not magic. This isn't about world building. It's about just wackiness <laughs> and also the reality of life. You know, Roald Dahl is a little bit dark, but life is dark. There are bad caretakers. There are bad teachers. Yeah. You know that kids will encounter. There are bullies that they will encounter. But that resilience and the wonder. Plus, Quentin Blake's illustrations, those are perfection. So mm-hmm. I have plenty of suggestions for read-alouds, but it's kind of walking through the process of, are we looking for something that will build confidence that the child will be able to read for themselves? There's a lot of education that needs to happen around the value of graphic novels. The value of, um, there's a lot of education that needs to happen around the value of seeing uh, graphic novels as great storytelling. Mm, Children 100%, yes. who do not love to read and those who do love to read, but especially those who are reluctant readers, find success with graphic novels and the market has responded in the best possible way. Authors and illustrators of graphic novels are telling incredibly valuable stories. They're addressing social issues and they're doing it with great art and great humor and really deep storytelling. There's a reason we have a totally graphic book club because stories are being told yeah. so well in this form. So we we expanded our middle grade graphic section. And I hear people refer to them as cartoons or comics oftentimes <laughs> yeah. when they're coming in. But I try and... Repeat that refrain of there is very important storytelling that's happening in these books. So if you have a reluctant reader who will be um, more drawn into a story by being able to use the visual cues. Yes. And the text that is a little bit more spare than the traditional novel, um, that this would be the right thing for them. So, um, but board books... Um, there's, you know, so much, so many fun things happening. And my best uh, of the year, 2022, board books up on the list, just, just fun, 
unique things being addressed, plus all the classics. But I would remind people who are shopping for families, you know, kind of steer clear of some of those classics. Go for what's new when it comes to picture books. Um, for There's so many great books. things. And I, I think sometimes yeah. people come in and they want to gift a classic because they just don't know what else Right, is that's there. what they know. There's nothing know. wrong with gifting a classic, by no. the way. But um, they, prob- they might have it at home. There's great picture books coming out. All, All the, the time. time. Right. Yeah. Right. So there's always that challenge of, is it something they might already have? And of course, we're flexible as a retail store. You know, you bring it in, we'll find you something else to replace it with. But um, if you buy something new that is recently released, you're guaranteed, you know, to most likely it will be new to them as well. Um, and the same applies to baby showers. Everybody wants to give Brown Bear Brown Bear or, you know, one of the Sandra Boyntons. And I have much more to offer you than that to make sure that they don't get five copies of the same book. Yes. Um, so that that's children's world for you. Um, I think it is really interesting as the children as children grow, getting to talk to people about the personalities of their children and seeing emerging readers, genre readers. And I yeah. Think that's really interesting. One thing, and, and this applies to adult recommendations as well, but one of the questions we often ask when we're giving recommendations is tell me about this person's interests or your interests. And I'm always like a little bit wary of that question. I ask it, but I don't want to pigeonhole people into like, because a lot of times someone will come in and be like, my grandson loves sports. I want a book about sports or I want a book that deals with sports. I'm happy to recommend those books, but you know, like I just read a book about sports and I fucking hate sports, but I love that book. You know, uh-huh. it's, it, it's like the storytelling, like you don't have to personally relate to everything in it. It doesn't have to be about your hobbies for you to enjoy it. Storytelling right. is about being human. It's about the human experience. Right. And so, um, I think don't, be, yes, we want to play to kids' interests, but let's not pigeonhole people either. And also, like, you can be many things. One of my favorite uh, picture books of the year is called Patchwork. And the idea is that we oftentimes pigeonhole people to your that one identity. I'm a basketball player. I'm a baller. And it, it starts beautifully in a now, you know, I, when I'm, everyone found out I was going to be born, I was blue. I was, you know, everyone knew it was going to be a baby boy. And so I was blue. But the idea evolves in that, like, I have more interest than just my, you know, my time on the court. I could also be a poet. I could also be a coder. I could also be a... So seeing the diversity in the personalities of the people we're shopping for and imagining the ways that we can enrich our life. Now... One of the things, you know, there are a couple things when you're shopping for someone to think about, you know, nonfiction fiction, mm-hmm. magical, non-magical. Do you want to be in reality? Do you want to be in a very creative One world? of the things that I have started asking people, because I used to ask more about like, tell me like about a show you like mm-hmm. or about your hobbies. And now one of the first things I ask is, what do you want to get out of a book? Mm. You know, are you looking for, or is the person you're looking for, do you want escapism? Do you, do you just want entertainment? Like, Mm. is that what you need from a book? Are you, do you want to be challenged? Do you want to learn something? Um, 
there's not a right or wrong answer to those questions, but we get different things out of different reading experiences. And I, you know, what I choose to read is often based on sort of like my mood, you know, I don't read just for entertainment. For me, I like books that reflect my own experience and like make me feel seen and validated. But I also really want to learn about other people's experiences. Right. Um, when I read nonfiction, I'm not reading for entertainment. I'm reading to learn. Right. You know, so like, what is it that, what is it you want to get, to what get out of it? What experience you want to give them? Yeah, if, yeah. Or for me, like if I'm stressed out in my life and I don't like, I don't want the highbrow literary fiction or something that like super challenging to me, like maybe I'll pick up, you know, a fun mystery or something like that. Um, because I just want something that it's like engages me really easily. Which I think is the beauty of our store because we have it all. Like, yeah, and, there, and and like I said, there's not one, there's not a, a, a reason to read that is better than another. Right. It's, but what you want to get out of it can guide how you choose a book because there's a difference between like, you know, getting a modern rom-com versus getting, you know, stamped from the beginning. Those are right. two different reading experiences. So think about what experience you want to get. Yes. Can- and also what you know about the person. <laughs> is this a person right. who is like really want, like likes to be entertained? They're very into like, you know. They're reality TV. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Or, or is this somebody who is like very cerebral and, you know, would want something a little bit more, you know, mm-hmm. that makes them like, a little more dense or that makes a or, or nonfiction or a fiction that is you know I don't know but thinking about what it is what's the goal of that reading experience right so come come with those kinds of thoughts in mind be ready for those kinds of conversations reflect on um you know who you're gifting for, you know, it's nice to know the loved ones you're gifting to. Um, if you're shopping for children, knowing about what they're comfortable reading is really beneficial. And also knowing whether they're kind of in that kind of fantastical world or whether they're more based in reality, they like more realistic. Um, thinking about what experience you want to give them, whether that's escapism or education. Um, there are plenty of ways to snarkily gift books (laughs) i have done this myself you have um you know you know there might be someone in your life that you gift with that maybe needs some education and you find (laughs) just the right book for them um but those would be things you can do um we do have some fun posts up on our blog off the leash, which is accessible through our main page, dogeardbookgames.com. And pretty soon we'll put up our, our well, we've been putting up best of the year. Yeah. But, um, we don't have any adult up yet, but like you just did board books and picture books. I've got a list up there on mystery books. I think right. Rachel's, you've been working on um, like reality TV types of types of books. Um, romance. 
Winter Romance Reads. Winter, Winter Romance yeah. Reads. We'll have our best of fiction. I thought it was really fun. Our nonfiction list is so heavily skewed bio-memoir and, like, my body spirit. Yeah. I love it, though. That's our identity as a store. Those are who our booksellers are and what's resonated for us. So we'll be sharing those um, during this holiday season. But um, there's some pretty killer bestsellers on our bestseller table, too, and new releases coming out every day. Um, and then, you know, if you can't solve the problem, if we can't solve it for you, we have gift cards. Give them the experience. Them <laughs> we the experience. do, but we're, we we really enjoy, and I think I can speak for yeah. all of our booksellers in saying that when you come in and you want help finding a book, there is nothing that brings us more joy than helping you find it's it. It's our favorite thing. It's our favorite thing. That's why the So many times when so I help fun. someone, they'll be like, oh, I'm so sorry I took up your time. And I'm like, oh my God, this is the best part. The like, reason we opened the store was for you to come during the holidays and allow us to help we can talk book. books all day long. All day. So if you don't you want to gift a book to somebody and you need a little help or guidance, or you want to gift a book to yourself and you need a little help or guidance, yeah. we would love to talk with you about um, some options that you have. Right. We are in no way glued to our seats at but the counter. But a book is the best gift. Uh-huh. Because they'll think of you. When they pick that book up yep. and all the days and minutes that they read it, they'll be thinking of you and they'll be so grateful. And that book can be passed on to everyone in their family or their best friend. Mm-hmm. Oh, I had the hiccups. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> Ellen. What? Let's talk about what's popping in new releases. What's popping in new releases. Okay. The first one. <laughs> Stella Morris by Cormac McCarthy. So this is a follow-up to The Passenger. Good job. Okay. So tell me a little bit about this one. That's his first book in like 18 years or something the like that. The Passenger was. And it came out like last month. So right. this is the it was in November. follow-up. It's the follow-up. It's a sister novel. It is literally the sister's novel. Um, this is a bleak story about a brother and a sister who have a very messed up relationship. Think um, Game of Thrones. Right. And this is the transcripts of the sister's therapist, her sessions with the therapist. So it's all like her inner life, her inner workings, reflecting on their past, her relationship with her brother, her unique genius. It's it's going to be a lot. So if you're on this journey, you're going to need to add it okay. to your reading. Yes. Next, we have A Dangerous Business by Jane someone, Smiley. Jane Smiley. Boop, we can boop. claim her name. She lived in Ames for quite a long time. She doesn't anymore, but we still claim her. Because we went to middle school with her daughter. We did. Mm-hmm. So, Jane, if you're listening, you We're still come here. Come back. <laughs> we sell a lot of Paris Strike in Paris, and I just sold a thousand acres as the quintessential Iowa book. <laughs> and... If you don't know, listeners, A Thousand Acres did win the Pulitzer Prize. Right. This one is set in California in the Gold Rush era. Yeah, it's like 1850s, and it's about um, this girl, Eliza. And she's originally from Michigan, and she marries a dude, and they go west to for the Gold Rush. It's and an he, arranged marriage of sorts. Sort of. 
and she after arriving like within a year he dies like in a bar fight and rather than going home to michigan and she has these sort of like parent these parents who are quite strict and she values her independence she doesn't want to go back to michigan so she starts working as a prostitute she actually really doesn't mind her job it provides her a good living um, she's working like in a brothel, so there's rules for a madam. She respects yes, amongst and, a pure group of women who yes. are in this work, and she's able to provide for herself, and she wants to keep doing this. Well, these other young prostitutes start turning up dead, and Eliza and her friend want to figure out like who's who's doing this like what's happening and so it's kind of a murder mystery where mm-hmm. they're trying to figure out who's responsible for the murders of these prostitutes what i think's interesting about this book is that jane wrote like was it a trilogy the century series based on an Iowa farm and it was across multiple books and so she has very much paid tribute to the history of Iowa and the culture and the farming culture and so I find it interesting that with this book she's delving into her California history because she has relocated to California that's where she calls home now so she has an interest and a curiosity for the places she lives yeah, it's I I read the book. I read the advanced reader copy of the book. As did I. Um, and uh, yeah, check it out. Jane Smiley mm-hmm. out today. Okay, and then um, another one coming out is one we've already discussed, The Light Pirate by so Lily Brooks Dalton. So make sure that you pick that one up. Um, and then lastly, I want to quickly mention Cursed Bunny, which is by, hold on one second. Cursed Bunny by Bora Chung. So this is a collection of stories, and I have not read it, but Sarah. Sarah loves, loves bunnies. She loves bunnies. She loves the Anything weird shit. Weird. She loves shit. weird translated shit. And she loves this book. She told me it was, I think, her favorite book that she has read all year. And she was so. obsessed with Bunny by itself. That's its name, Bunny. Also yes. translated. Yep. So that's what we've got coming out new today. Um, notable new in paperback would be Beasts of a Little Land. This was a staff favorite last year. Also a book in translation. And The Violin Conspiracy, which was one of Jess's favorite books last year. She was obsessed out with paperback. it. And, and apparently it has a very nice paperback cover. It's a, it is an improved cover design, I will tell you that. Right. Okay. Let's pop in at the store. Pop in at the store tonight, December 6th at 7 o'clock. We have Emerging Biders. Yeah. From the MFA program. Good job, guys. You keep yeah. at it. You emerge. Yeah. You like keep emerging. With butterflies your from your cocoons. Little fucking butterflies. Um, but come, yeah, some students from the MFA program at Iowa State's uh, Creative Writing are going to be reading some of their work. Then tomorrow we have Story Hour with Lovey and Amanda. We are having so much fun. I love my crowd. It's building. We are excited about our little group. You come and get your spot. Lovey lays down. She tries to use her good listening skills and 
stay in position. I always tell the kids, you know, when you're in preschool, don't you practice on um, keeping your hands to yourself with your attention on your teacher. Well, Lovey has to work on that. And if she does a good job, all the kids give her treats. We're reading lots of fun winter Christmas books. Uh, we'll be getting into Chinese New Year. I'm really excited about that. Yeah. Did you know it's the year of the rabbit? I did not know. And we just talked about bunnies. Yeah. It's the year of the rabbit. Whoa. Bunnies everywhere. Bunnies Get everywhere. It. If they have red eyes, though, we're a little concerned. A little bit. Okay. You know my cat's name is Rabbit. Yes. <laughs> Okay, You're a little weird. Friday, we have Totally Graphic Book Club from 5 to 6. This is for high schoolers. Saturday at 4 o'clock, we have Good Trouble, which is our middle school book club. And Sunday at 2 o'clock, we have Cafe Philosophy. We're getting in all our December book clubs that yeah, you can and feel fulfilled and read and ready for the holidays. And Cafe Philosophy will be discussing the topic technology progress and emotion. Ooh. I don't know what that means. <laughs> I don't we either. We will discuss. They will discuss. They will discuss. I can't go that deep. I mean, sometimes I'm working on Sunday and I overhear. And it's always a fascinating, um, vibrant discussion. I love those people. Yeah. So that that's what we've got popping. Okay. Well, cheers. Keep the champagne flowing and the books going. Bird. Remember, uh, subscribe, like, follow, because you want to find out what's happening in dog-eared books every single week. Yep. And if you don't live in Ames, you can always follow us on social or hit our website to order books. Follow us at, at dog-eared books Ames. Or at Dog Eared Books on TikTok. All right, listeners, keep the champagne flowing and the books going. This is so great! It's so great! <laughs>